Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Security Now is provided by AOL Radio at AOL.com slash podcasting. This is Security Now with Steve Gibson, episode 103 for August 2nd, 2007, PayPal Security Key. Security Now is brought to you by Astaro, makers of the Astaro Security Gateway, on the web at www.astaro.com. And by Nerds on Site, looking to grow your IT service business? Find out how Nerds on Site can help. Visit I Want to Be a Nerd. It's time for Security Now, episode 103. Hard to believe we're just chugging along here. Steve Gibson from his Fortress of Security. Next week, Next week, Leo, two years. Oh, really? 104 episodes, that's two times 52. Makes it easy if you don't miss an episode. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) You're good at this. We (laughs) we We never even took Christmas off or anything? Nope. That's amazing. Nope. New Year's, even when you're out cruising on the water doing <laughs> That's deep right. cruises. We'd or, get ahead yep, just for those Vancouver. Yep. yep. You're good, Steve. So um, even, even when my home is fumigated toward the end of this month, we're going to not miss a beat. Are they going to tent your uh, house? Yeah, finally. The entire complex. is it's, it's 32 years old. It's never been fumigated. So it's time to kill off all those little wood, eat- wood eaters. Well, I'm going to just mention... Because you won't, because you're 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 a shrinking violet. But this is happening because of you, Steve. You you actually actively lobbied the homeowners association. They needed to pass uh, uh, this assessment, or, or nobody it wouldn't happen. And and uh, you you made a DVD. To, it's true. <laughs> a campaign true. DVD. <laughs> we made five. I, it's my first experience um, creating a, a manufactured, you know, a, a glass master pressed DVD. Well, how many did you have to it, make? I've done 500. Wow. And we, we found a company that could do it in four days. So, I mean, lo, literally local here in Tustin, so Southern California. So did you California. make a little film that says, why we need to tent? Oh, it was great. I, I have my, I have a crystal logo uh, homebrew is the little you know the, the little home moniker that i use and, it's fringe. Yeah. and uh and so basically it was an interview of everyone on the board oh, that's explaining good. everything that was needed and uh oh, we we ended up getting i mean people no one believed it was possible but you're right i spent about the last four months doing little else other than marketing this thing that is you know marketing the assessment and we got 146 households out of 309 agreed to be assessed $25,700 each. Um, that is for the three, full 309. See, so that's we're why you about, had a lobby. That's a big, that's a big commitment. That's a big deal. But I'm so impressed that our, that our community, you know, understood the need for this. And yeah, so it worked. So we're going to talk in a little bit to Michael Vergara. He is uh, responsible for security at uh, PayPal and I guess at eBay too. And is the guy we can thank for the new dongle that we've been talking about, this little identity protection uh, unit that gives you a, a, every 30 seconds a new login number. 
Uh, right. Well, it's neat because PayPal somehow found out about our mentioning the the security key somehow because they got a thousand orders probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope more than a thousand yeah, because I mean, yeah. it, it, we've had a lot of questions that came up, and so we're going to get Michael on the line here. He's as you said, he's in charge of of this aspect of PayPal security to answer the questions that our listeners have asked. That's really that's that's great, and uh, I, I think our listeners like me. Uh, are just excited about trying out because we, we it, uh, completely coincidentally just completed this two part piece on uh, authentication. And I think they were very curious to try this out. So it was perfect timing. It's only $5. We'll talk about how you can get it uh, and how it works in just a little bit before uh, we do though. I'm sure you have some errata and some uh, email. And before we even do that, let me mention Astaro, Shall I? This is uh, yep. podcast is brought to you as always by the good folks at Astaro. They make the Astaro security gateway uh, a lot of people are saying, where can I get this? I want to try it. You go to astaro, A-S-T-A-R-O dot com slash security now. You could download the software and try it. It says for 30 days, but if you're a non-commercial entity, you could try it forever. In fact, now with version 7, if you're a home uh, user, you get not only all of the software, which is a, a, I'll tell you what it does in a second, but you can you get all the subscriptions and Astaro up to date, which they used to charge for, for free. You, it will be limited to 10 internet addresses, 10 users, and 1,000 concurrent connections. But I think for most of us, that's plenty. Um, so let me tell you what you're getting. And they also make a hardware device for business. And that's really what what I want to tell you about. I use one of these. I use a, a 120. Uh, they have a variety of systems. It is. It looks like a router, but it it is so much more. The Astaro Security Gateway, or ASG, it uh, integrates a complete set of security technologies, best of breed Open source and commercial software covering every kind of security aspect you'd want. Everything from uh, for your email, you've got anti-spam filters, you get anti-phishing filters, um, dual virus protection for email so no viruses get through. You even get transparent encryption using SMIME or OpenPGP so you, your, your, your users don't know about it, but it's automatically giving you the ultimate email security. But it doesn't stop there. You get uh, web filtering, content filtering. You can control... Uh, what your uh, uh, employees are doing in terms of instant messaging, peer-to-peer. You even get an antivirus for the web to protect them when they go visit websites. You also, of course, get the, the traditional network firewall, the remote access, and VPN now using SSL and intrusion protection, too. It is an amazing box. Try it free in your business right now, absolutely free, at 877, the number 4, A-S-T-A-R-O, or call 877-427-427. 8276. That's 877, the number 4, A-S-T-A-R-O. Learn more at their website, A-S-T-A-R-O.com. We're so grateful to Astaro for the supplied and have provided for over a year, for over 52 episodes for security now. Steve, any errata, addenda, letters, anything before we get to my Yeah, I got a couple things. One, one thing I thought was really interesting that I discovered, and I have a, a an interesting uh, spinwright story from a very... Um, computer repair savvy guy that I thought was interesting. It, it, it highlights something about Spinrite I've never mentioned before, believe right. it or not. But right. well, um, the other day, I was setting up a new machine um, and I needed to do some low-level packet I.O. This is, you know, the I have the technology, for example, on our GRC server for emitting packets and sort of very much like the raw the raw socket interface, and in fact, I could have used that, except that it wasn't available back when I was first writing Shields Up. It's it's the technology Shields Up uses. There's a a very well known library called WinPCap. Oh yeah, you, 
yeah. Exactly. I knew you would you would have heard of it, Leo. Yeah, yeah. So I went there uh, just a couple of days ago, and something caught my eye that was very cool. There is now an air PCAP, and there is a, a company, um, CACE Technologies. They've got some sort of affiliation with the Win PCAP people. I don't know if they bought them or they're a heavy-duty sponsor or, or what it is exactly. But the point is that this Air PCAP is a USB Wi-Fi gizmo made for sniffing what's in the air. And it's um, it's And you're not talking about uh, uh, sulfuric acid. You're talking about <laughs> the, the air of no. your Ethernet, the Internet. The, the idea is that, that many Wi-Fi cards cannot be put into promiscuous mode or their interfaces don't allow you to, to get the whole packet for, for people who really want to know what's going on. So for $198, you can purchase from this CACE Technologies a freestanding little gizmo. It's like you know a little Wi-Fi unit that, that is a USB interface. So it's freestanding. You can plug it into any system, your laptop or your desktop or whatever, and and use it with a whole bunch of free and open source software. They also for thirty nine ninety five have this. They call it the network toolkit, which is all of the stuff. I mean, even things like Aircrack that we've talked about oh, wow. that that will hack the the passwords that are flying by and do the high speed and now do the high speed um, WEP decryption uh, to crack any password in or WEP protection in about a minute. Um, they've got an, another one for an extra hundred dollars for 298 that will both receive and transmit. Anyway, I just I don't know what our listeners' interests are. I immediately ordered one of these things because I, I and I'll give a report after I've had a chance to play with it because I just like the idea of you know going to Starbucks and and easily being able to see what's going on in the air around me. <laughs> I, I think I think it's going to be fun. And so, if you, if, okay. if our listeners, well, now we're not saying to do this for any nefarious purpose. Oh no, no, it's just for network monitoring and <laughs> auditing, and and making but, sure that you know your your corporate network is as secure as your IT people think it should be. But what it does very much underscore is the risk inherent in using an open access point. Right. Oh yeah, I, I mean, anyone listening to this podcast, I'm sure they know if they've heard many of them. Yes, yeah. we've pounded that into them over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, I, I ran across a question when I was preparing my uh, our Q and A for next week um, that I couldn't fit in, but it was so important I bumped it, you know, to the to the next one. Uh, some guy saying, "Hey, you know, I've I'm not using WEP, but I'm not using WPA. I'm using MAC address filtering, and I turned off the broadcast on my oh, access point, please. so I'm safe, right?" Oh, it's like, please. uh. No, go back and listen to some more security nows, please. Anyway, for, for people whose curiosity have been piqued, it's www.winpcap, W-I-N-P-C-A-P.org, winpcap.org. Or you just put in winpcap into Google, which is how I remembered where it was, and it's the first link that comes up. And you'll see a little blurb over on the right that talks about Air PCAP, and you can follow the links uh, to you know, to grab this little toy, which I think is very cool. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so um, getting to my little my little spin right story of the week. Steve Shank, 
um, has a a business. In fact, his motto uh, on the email that he sent was keeping clients computers safe and profitable for over twenty years. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so he's been doing this as long as as long as spin rights be long around. Spin rights been around. And it's funny because his his email. He's he's a, an avid listener to Security Now. Uh, he he's using Thunderbird to send email, and the subject was spin right testimonial with a twist. And he said, I figured I'd let you know what happened to me because it is different from the testimonials you have been reading, and I think it is important for listeners. Also, I think it makes a good testimonial. A client I've seen only once before calls with catastrophic failure. Oh, boy. Windows won't boot, no safe mode, no last good configuration, just constant return to menu asking how to boot. So I made a house call to their office. I watched the process, and it said there was a bad boot any file. So I used the system restore disk to get to the recovery console and figured I'd delete the boot any, then rebuild it with boot CFG slash rebuild, then run fix boot. These are all MS tools accessible from the recovery console. I thought I had at least a 50% chance this would work. But the system would not let me change the attributes on the files so I could delete the bad boot any. In fact, I couldn't find the boot any file. In fact, I couldn't get a response from dir. Yep, no directory even. Wow. So I took the computer back. And this guy obviously knows what he's doing. He says, so I took the computer back to my office and ran Spinrite on it. Spinrite said, and I don't remember the message exactly, but this is the gist of it that the disk was in such bad shape and had so many problems that it thought the disk was on its last legs. Spinrite warned me to get my data off before running Spinrite, as the exhaustive testing Spinrite does might be the last thing this drive ever does. Wow. He says, all the other testimonials you read are from people so happy with your wonderful product and how it saved them. But this message made me feel really good. Your program saw a possible problem and warned me off, saving my data by not running. To me, this indicates a concern for your clients and honesty and integrity, which is much more important than the fact that the program works when it can. I do know that Spinrite works. He says, parens, I've used it for many, many years through many versions. Then he opens parens again and says, I used to have to buy multiple licenses to use one on each client computer it worked on. Now, thankfully, I can get a reasonably priced consultant license, and in my case, a very inexpensive upgrade to the consultant license. Then he closes both of his open parens. <laughs> and he says, and there are situations in which it would have fixed these problems. But here... It is warning me not to continue with the program. Isn't that interesting? You knew that it would do this, of course. You put it in there. Well, actually, he, he, I don't know whether I said in, in that message, yes, but what he's referring to is the smart data. Spinrite oh. polls the drive smart information. Oh, interesting. And, oh. and interpreted it before it even started and decided that, whoa, Things are so bad that this is just not safe to proceed. Wow. And so in that case, Spinrite brings up a message and says, you know, um, we'll help you, but it's, if you, could, if you, you know, things are looking so bad here that be before we even start, we know this disk is in trouble. You really ought to pull what you can off 
before you go any further. Anyway, his his message ends by saying that he he ended up doing what we suggested and you know struggling to recover files, did get important files off, and then ended up replacing the guy's hard drive uh, and actually gave him, uh, sold him a new computer because it was time to do that too, even though that wasn't his first choice. So, so I there's guess the, a case where smart data actually is of value. Yes, um, there is a there's an all or nothing flag that smart is able to bring up that says i am in serious trouble and in fact some bioses check for that i know that there are people that have said hey my bios just told me my drive's about to fail and and that's what the bios was doing was turning on the smart data and checking the bios unfortunately not all of them do that for example this customer's bios didn't it you know the drive had to go belly up first and and what's really sad is that uh, you know if anything had been run on this drive before it went up, you know, belly up, then that problem could have been found early enough to, you know, make the recovery much more easy. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Very, very interesting. Interesting spin on, on SpinRight. <laughs> uh, before we get to our guest again, Michael Vergara, um, any other thoughts, comments, suggestions, corrections? At- I think we've got we have a long conversation with him, so let's get into it. So uh, Michael's on the line with us uh, right now from uh, PayPal's headquarters. Where is that, Michael? I don't know where that is. It's in lovely San Jose, California. Oh, all right. You're kind of in the eBay building then. Uh, we actually eBay has two campuses. There is the South Campus um, near Campbell. That's where most of eBay is located, and then we're in the North Campus, cool. which is right off 101 and 87, where right near San Jose Airport. Is your and job, a lot of the PayPal people are there. Is your job a new job with PayPal, the Director of Account Protection? Um, I started about a year ago, so yeah, I would say it's pretty new. Um, dealing with really the authentication and now verification, so it's dealing with these new cool devices like Security Key, as yeah. well as working on other products and policies we need to have to help reduce the phishing threat that many of our customers face. Is that, was that what your mandate was a year ago when, when you started? Yes. Really look into that. How do you create the right policies and products to do that, move it around, um, and make sure that our customers have the both education as well as products they need to be safe on the Internet. So, um, of course, this, this all began when I happily discovered that I could get the security key from my existing PayPal account. And, and essentially, we had, we had talked a few weeks before about the whole multi-factor authentication thing. And it's like, hey, you know, for $5, I can add this to PayPal, which, you know, has been a revelation. And our, our listeners have just gone nuts over it. Um, one of the questions that came up was that, that they, some people were just being told that the key was unavailable um, they had thought, well, maybe you know, our mentioning it on security now had had slash dotted PayPal, so <laughs> so there were no more keys to be had. But apparently, it's only available in some regions. Yes. So let me give a little background on what yeah. we were doing with Security Key. Uh, security Key actually works on both your PayPal or eBay account. You can use it on both or either one of those two combinations. So it is truly a eBay Inc. solution. Um, also. We have just been in beta up until eBay Live, which was last month. So we've been pleasantly surprised by the amount of interest, the amount of customers out there, like your audience, that has come to us and said, please, I'm really interested in this. Please, I want one of these type of devices. Now, is any good kind of beta? We want to test the market, making sure that there's no bugs in the system. We have the right messaging, right infrastructure. 
we only ran the beta in three countries, that wow. being the U.S., Germany, and Australia, to make sure we had good geographic distribution throughout the world, um, different, you know, shipping issues, different language issues, et cetera, et cetera. And we went live in those three countries now. Uh, so right now, regrettably, you have to live in, or have an account in one of those three countries in order to get uh, one of the security keys. But next year, we will be expanding the footprint to offer more countries. So uh, I can't promise you exactly right now how many countries will be, but the goal is to whatever countries show strong interest in getting this, we will be working with our individual um, units in those countries to expand this program to them. I suspect you'll see a lot of interest from Canada. I was just going to say, Leo, our yes. Canadian <laughs> listeners will really be happy when we add them. So, Mike, yes. Um, Mike, can you describe, Michael, just for those who didn't sure. hear us discuss it earlier, uh, what we're talking about here and how it works? Sure. Um, security key is what they call a uh, OTP or one-time password type of device. It is a little piece of plastic that has an LCD display and a secure chip and, and processor inside of it that gives you a random code every 30 seconds. So if you think about it, think of it, the best way to analogy is to say it's like a pin that you would add to your normal username and password. So a fraudster or a bad guy needs to both steal this physical device from you as well as steal your PIN in order to be able to access your account. So it's the second factor is something you have, this little device, plus something you know, which is your normal password. So uh, a couple of things came up for me. Uh, I'm, I'm using one. I, I, I know Steve got one. And, and I love the idea because I, I have to say I have a lot of money. Probably shouldn't say this publicly, but I have a lot of money in my PayPal account. That's where donations to Twit go. And I basically, because I get interest on my uh, PayPal account, I've just I use it as a bank account. Probably again, good. not a good. Well, all right, good. You don't mind that then. Um, but but as a result, I think the added security is great and much better than a site key or the stupid stuff that Bank of America is doing. I, I frankly trust you now more than I do B of A. But a couple of things come up. What if I don't have my dongle with me? And in fact, that happened to me last night. I wanted to pay for something. And you ask for uh, secondary information. You say, you know, yes. the, the secrecy, the security question. Is that a kind of, I mean, in a way, does that not undermine the, the power of the dongle? Um, if you, the, the, you know, as you said before, you know, we've earned your trust over the years. We've shown that you can leave money in your PayPal account. And therefore, you know, it's trusted. No one's ever broken in and stolen you know, into our network to actually steal over accounts. So security key, you can think of it as an extra layer of security. It's an extra protection if you have that concern or if you do a lot of traveling and may need to access a lot of public networks or if you're right, right. having your computer go on the internet to a lot of places that may get a lot of viruses, it's probably a good way to have that extra layer. Um, but we don't want to make it so onerous that you can't use your account because you left your key at home. Which was, I was grateful because I leave my key in the <laughs> office and I was able to use it. Yeah. Um, but so then, right in now, other words, it's not really any different, though, than the way it's been before. Because, uh, I mean, I could if I forgot my password, I could go through many of these same steps. You could right now. Um, as we get feedback and as we get a better understanding of our customers' acceptance and usage, we may be, you know updating and changing some of those yeah. flows where you don't have your key that right now um, we're still, they said they're only in three countries right now. And that's kind of one of the reasons we're limiting our launch to three countries is to get feedback already. Our German audience, German audience has given us some feedback on this same 
process mm-hmm. that we've made some tweaks based on their request. So mm-hmm. we're still kind of in that first step. We're only one month out of beta, and we are making adjustments based on feedback like yourself. I thought, so, I, I, thought I remembered that if that that the process of of purchasing without the key required a telephone call from PayPal to a phone number that was registered with our account. That is one way we can do it. Um, There are different methods we can use depending on what information you may have on file and what is your risk profile. So okay. there's there's not one size fits all type of approach. Ah, I see. So because um, I have a secu- I've been good or my account hasn't had a problem, you gave you were a little more flexible with me than you might have been with somebody else. Yeah, so we we have a variety of mechanisms we can use if the customer says, "Oops, I forgot it at home." And that may be risk of transaction, risk of the profile. There's a lot of things behind the scenes we're doing to do that and we'll keep on we will keep changing that mix to improve it to make sure customers have a rewarding experience that is very secure as well as doesn't hinder right. just the needs they have to have. Well, underscores but, the difficulty of doing something mm-hmm. like this because uh, you do face this convenience factor. And anybody who wants to improve security then faces pushback from customers who say, but it's inconvenient. True. That's well, the... Yeah, I'm, yeah the, the 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 other the other I mean like most often asked question we had was hey I really love this but uh, I've I have an E Trade account and and I use the same thing with them and now I've got two and am I going to end up with a keychain full of dongles that I have to drag around with me everywhere I go? Um, very familiar with the whole uh, necklace problem as we would call it, where you'd have too many um, keychain. So one of the nice things about it, and one of the things that excite us most about Security Key is we're um, one of the leading members of the VIP network, which is um, comp- we're using Verisign. Verisign is our provider and provides infrastructure for Security Key. So other companies, other banks, other financial institutions may be involved. So right now you can use our token on those other institutions. Oh, I like that. So you know your same. So say whatever bank you want, whatever you know, Web 2.0 company may be using it. Any kind of institution, you will be able to use the same token and vice versa. So if you go to Bank X and they issue a token, you can use that as long as the VIP token on our system, and nice. you can take ours on theirs. So we are eliminating the necklace problem because you should only have one token for all the vip network that that's great so it's kind of a like a plus card network or so forth where people have all agreed to be participants that is correct so it is a very similar um approach to establishing infrastructure so that everybody can confirm your identification and your strong authentication no matter whose dongle was issued to them. Well, I have to say, I wish B of A would do this instead of this (laughs) stupid site key, which I know is insecure, uh, doesn't solve phishing issues because of man-in-the-middle attacks, and is a pain in the butt. Well, and you know, Leo, the other thing that I remember is VeriSign is being aggressive with their support for OpenID. Yep. Ooh, this so, could be so, an open ID so, key at some point. Maybe. Exactly. I mean, that's what this means. If if VeriSign would be an op- an open ID um, authenticator, then that means that it's not an expensive proposition for websites to to begin to support this technology for authentication. I mean, using the same dongle that that you know we've got from for five dollars from PayPal. I mean, this is yeah. this is a major win. Yeah. So I. I can't speak Verisign, I'm not their employee. Um, but the goal is 
you know, right now the VIP network is a federated network. So you can use your identity and share that across multiple sites. As that grows and as we prove to customers, this is the value you should have, this is why you should adopt it, then you really get excited because you can't open it up to new things like OpenID or card space or something else because all of those models fit very well with a federated infrastructure. So kind of the first step, I'm very excited by these new federated models, but we kind of still got to prove the first step. Customers want to use it. I prove to you, everybody else, that this adds value. And then once I do that, all these new great doors open up. I know our audience understands the value because we've done a whole two, two podcasts on uh, multi-factor authentication. What, in, what has been your experience with the, the, the public at large? Do they get this? We've been very surprised. Um, I guess I've been in security for a while, and I was coming in thinking that the interest, especially in the U.S., would be pretty small. Um, however, we've been kind of almost blown away by the amount of customers that have been really interested and excited by adopting this and want to take part in their security, take a more active role. I think some of it is a really good form factor. I think some of it is regrettably so much phishing news has been out there, so much other education has been done that people realize this extra layer of security is needed because the internet may not always be the safest place people think it is. And and, and I'll I'll mention one thing too that that happens as the as the as the single dongle becomes more useful is then instead of it only being useful for PayPal, it's like, you know, the way we do things, then, you know, Leo wouldn't be leaving it at home. It'd be worthwhile having it on your main key ring because you're going to make so much use of it. Yeah, that's true. And we're also, besides that, and, you know, Leo may, even if we can prove the value, may still forget things because that may be a more fundamental flaw in his character. (laughs) How'd you know? (laughs) But we're looking at other form factors that you could do that would overcome this problem too. And that's something else we're trying to do some testing on now and hope to have that um, next year also and to have more convenient form factors that leverage and maybe embedded in some of the things you are going to carry with you, Um, whether it's your phone. Yes, yes. You got it. So because, you know, everybody's life now, they don't live without their phone next to them or their iPod or something else. So there's different ways you can actually, instead of having to worry about something extra, embed it in something they know people will not forget. And that's also how we're trying to expand this program and reach a bigger audience next year, too. Can you give me an example of how it might uh, work on a cell phone? There's a couple of different ways. You could do something as simple as sending people an SMS message so that instead of having your little dongle um, pop up with that number, you SMS somebody that number if they request it. And that's as simple as you get the SMS message and type it in. And it's I'd that, like that. Simple. that would be very simple. I mean, it delays your transaction because you have to wait for the SMS, but usually that's pretty instantaneous. Well, well but also, Leo, there's nothing to prevent that crypto algorithm from running on the phone. That's number two. Thank you very much. Or you could download or you put an application on the phone or have something that could be embedded when you buy the phone that actually runs it on the phone itself. That's why there's kind of there's a lot of different things on the phone you can do. Uh, an SMS is a very sim- simple way to go. But there's a lot more elaborate, um, even more secure with some other cool things you can do if you actually place the application itself on the phone. I'd love to see that. Boy, that'd be fantastic. But that also requires universal support. You know, again, you've got to get the cooperation of all the merchants and so forth. Um, well, I mean, in that case, if, you know, you all the different people in the VIP network or other kind of stuff, if you're that same whether it's an application on your phone or an SMS message or any other kind of form factor, it would still work. 
So right, 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 because the idea is basically you guys are not doing it yourselves. You're you're using VeriSign's infrastructure and saying, you know, we want to authenticate this person, authenticate yeah. them using whatever method that that person has chosen. Yes. And 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 then it's it's all handled by that by that third party, and they they come back and say, yes, you know, uh, this person authenticates. That is, you've summed it up very well. Well, I I, I cast a vote. <laughs> I, I certainly think that's a great idea. I yeah, think we got three votes here so yeah, far, Leo, yeah, and we got 150,000 other listeners who are voting too. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. no, and that's we've also heard some of the similar feedback from our customers and beta customers about different form factors they want, and that's also what we're trying to do. Especially if you look at you know other countries that uh, may have a wider adoption of mobile and maybe a safer, more accepted use of things like SMS and applications. How do I craft a form factor to meet their needs? And that's what we're trying to do. Well, I'm excited. I think this is a this is going to be a a real boon to everybody. How widespread is the VIP network? Is this is it is it the kind of thing that that really kind of is going to be universal, or are there competitors? And- um, there are there's a lot of companies that are involved. I off the top of my head right now, I can't tell you all the key members that are public. Um, I know a lot of different. Financial institutions here, especially in the U.S., have been interested in looking in it and are doing certain pilots. I don't know how many of those are actually public. So, so there's a lot of stuff going on that you can't talk about. Um, I would say that for right now. To be cautious, I'd probably say that yes. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> that's fair. But it sounds like this is going to be kind of a big, a big movement. I, I mean, uh, that's and, that's and, really going to be key, to, I think, to it, uh, adoption yep. of this. And and of course, we're all hoping that it's not going to be another, you know, Blu-ray versus HD or you know VHS versus Betamax. Oh, I think you dropped out there, uh, Steve. We'll, we'll wait a second. Yeah, and um, we agree with that. We think it, that's the key. Okay. Hold on, just well, a sec. Hold so on. can you hear me or no? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, Steve. Steve dropped out for a little bit. We'll restate your question then, and and Steve. So, so, so I guess they, you know, they, they, what what we're hoping is this is not going to evolve in, or devolve into a, you know, a Blu-ray versus HD or VHS versus Betamax sort of battle with, you know, other people trying to contend. I mean, from what we've seen so far, the idea, for example, that you guys are using VeriSign, VeriSign is, is is a provider in this VIP network, and we know that VeriSign is open to, if not already, being an authenticator for OpenID. It, it looks like, you know, this is really achieving some critical mass. Yes, um, I totally, I completely agree. And one of the things we're so excited by this is, this is going to grow and be powerful via the same network effect that made PayPal and eBay so successful. It's people using it, people telling their friends, people saying, hey, I can use the same thing on multiple stuff. So we see that same network opportunity that we're experts and knowledgeable in taking place in the VIP network. Very nice. Well, um, it just, it really sounds like, you know, we got it. I mean, I'm glad you guys are doing this. You know, it's, it's, it makes sense that something like PayPal would be the launch point because, you know, PayPal already is is being used so extensively. And as you said, people have been made aware that the Internet's got, you know, dark places and boogeymen <laughs> lurking around. And so, you know, there, there had, you know, there's a, as you said, there's a tremendous need that you're, you're answering. And then all of the sites that, you know, 
that where this would be nice to have but wouldn't have enough need for it to overcome inertia and to justify the cost of a dongle just for that, you know, they get to come along for the ride and just enhance the overall value of the solution. Yeah, and that, that kind of that's the reinforced network effect we're so excited about. How many uh, of your uh, – you probably don't want to give out numbers of how many people have uh, asked for this, or do you? Um, right now, I'd say we're exceeding expectations, but we're not in a position to give away hard numbers. Right. Um, Mostly but, uh, PayPal people or uh, equal number of eBay people? There's been um, equal. Interesting. So there, there's been a lot of people on eBay because you know, they want to make sure their eBay account, whether they're a seller or a buyer – you know, if you have a few employees or you're running a shop, you want to make sure that you know certain people get access to your yeah, account. Yeah. Um, so we've seen a good adoption across both um, businesses. Is there any way to associate two dongles with a single account? Um, right now, that isn't. Right now, you can only have one account per. Uh, security key. Uh, we will be updating that um, later this year. The current plans are so you can have uh, multiple tokens. Beautiful. That, Cause, you know, because then then you have one that you always leave at home, and yes. you've got one you know that you take with you, and so you you solve the problem of like oh leave, you know leaving that one in the car or something. It's like yeah. oh I got my home keys I can use. That's perfect. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't really even want to carry it around. That's exactly how I'd like to do it: is one at home, one yeah. at the office. Well, I call it my husband and wife problem. So I, my wife and I <laughs> yeah. share a PayPal account, you and yeah. you know, we don't want to make sure she can't get any access to her account. So having two tokens makes my marriage better. <laughs> and um, I'm sure I know the answer to this, but it was a question that we were asked. Somebody was a little freaked out by the fact that there was like a serial number on the back of the key, and they were concerned that you know that was giving away some sort of cryptographic information. And and I was sure that. What that meant was that that's, that's, that serial number referred to a database somewhere where that you know that, that was owned by the the authenticating agency like Verisign, and so given that serial number, Verisign has the ability to look up the actual crypto information to then apply it to the time of day and determine what the um, the sequence should be coming from the token plus or minus thirty seconds. Um, as opposed to that number on the back of the key being in any way directly usable by well, somebody. You use that number when you first activate the key. Right. Yeah. So your your explanation is basically correct. It, there's no personal information at all about the number. All that number does is differentiate different tokens because each token has its own random piece of information put in it. So if I line up your all of our tokens together, they're not going to be producing the same number, right, even though it's right, the same minute, right. because each of them has different random number that then produces a unique number every 30 seconds. So but you need to associate that serial number with my account so you know what you my number it. will be. That's it. So it's basically it's, well, you know, does one, two, three, four, five token is going to issue this number now? And what's the next number? What's the next number after that? And that's how those are co correlated. So it's just the serial number just makes sure that you can track and know what is the proper random number. If, for, I, lo if I lose my key, do you, you just send me a new one with a new serial number? You don't recreate that key? No, we would, we both, we would take that off. So if you lost it, we would eliminate that so no one else could use it. Um, plus, we would give you a new one that would have a new random number inside of there that would be using different numbers. I think so this is a big step forward. Uh, I, I would love to see financial institutions do this. It eliminates the phishing problem. 
Okay, com- and and how can it be five dollars? I mean, that, that's <laughs> so that's what's so cool about this is it's five bucks, and you know, and not fifty. Um, we're not. We're actually we we're losing money, but that's it's. It, we're not. The goal here isn't to try to make money on this security element. The goal here is how do we make sure our customers have something they can use to add an extra layer layer of security to their account. And in doing that, we believe that's in our long term interest to do so. I think um, that's just really true. That's just terrific. Yeah, and kind I mean, of an you're inter- not losing a lot. I I doubt they cost that much to make. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a hundred dollar device. Well, and so I also I've been asked a different question. People say, why don't you give them away? If it's extra security, you should right. give them to everybody. Right. And what our studies and what our beta trial showed us was that if you give something somebody yes. for free, yes. they they value it how much they paid for it. Yep. And that people that a large number of folks that were given free didn't use it compared to people that paid $5. So essentially, um, essentially the $5 <laughs> is just uh, earnest money saying, yeah, I really want this. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense, actually. I, whenever I get free tickets, I never go to the concert. <laughs> but if I paid for it, you better believe I'm there. Yeah, well, I no, and I, I think it also, I mean, it, it saves PayPal from, you know, exactly as, as Michael was saying, of just, you know, having everyone click on, oh, yeah, I want one. And, you know, and because it's so easy to click on a button right. if it's free. Right. And then it comes and it's like, ah, you know, I'll but, get around So essentially you are giving it away. It's just this is a token amount to assure the interest of the customer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I and what fair. do we what do we know about the lifetime of the battery in this little thing, which is not changeable? They last, um, I believe, over three years, three to four or five years, something around that line. Um, and I'll, if, I'll lose it before then. I know that. Yeah. yeah. And then if, if for some reason a customer like it doesn't work, um, you contact us, we'll give you a new one. It's not as if, you know, if you say my token was working last time and it's no right. longer working, you know, the numbers aren't coming up. We will. You just you can contact our support, and our support people will issue a new token. I, I can't thank you enough for doing this. It just, uh, you know, I, early on, uh, you know, we use PayPal for uh, donations to uh, the Twit Network, and we've been mm-hmm. very happy. We've been doing that for almost uh, well over two years now, and uh, occasionally we'll get, and it's not very often, but people have a long memory, and they remember the early days of PayPal <laughs> where there were difficulties, frankly. Uh, PayPal was problematic, and I have to say, I've been so happy with uh, how that's worked for us. And uh, it's little things like this that just kind of—I think they're important for PayPal to do. I think Michael hiring you, ha- establishing this kind of office, and doing these little dongles really does uh, make a difference in terms of reassuring people that this—and you have to because this is a new way of doing business that people don't understand yet, and they're not completely comfortable with it yet. Uh, but you've you've done a lot to raise my comfort level. I, well, I, I'm completely comfortable with it now. PayPal has done something else that I stumbled on recently, uh, and I just wonder if Michael has any involvement in this. Uh, PayPal now offers a virtual credit card service. Yes, uh, I'm not directly res- involved in that, but I'm I'm aware of yeah our virtual debit card. Is that a one time one time number or what is that? Yes, Leo, it is yes. a one time number. It's a little app that you install, a little client. That you install on your machine. I bet it's Windows it will, only. Uh, yeah, good question. Yeah. <laughs> Probably I, is at this point. Don't know. That's okay. Yeah. I, I can double check on that one. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, What's the URL it, if I want to use that? Because I actually use a PayPal debit card. I'd, I'd prefer to use a one-time use number. Oh, Leo, it is, it is very cool. The way they've implemented it, it has both a form fill-in and um, a, the ability just to ask for a one-time use credit card number. 
And you know, so it allows you for non-PayPal sites, of course, to right. to securely give them a a number that's only good for that amount and that time. I'd be and very, then I'd be so, I'd, I would use PayPal all the time for that. Well, it's yeah. it's it I mean it's working. I I have it. It's I'm using it. It's it's fantastic. So I have an existing debit card. Can I start using this other thing system instead? Or yeah, basically all it does is kind of obfuscate the card. So if you're using that on a site that doesn't take PayPal. Um, the transaction would go through, but the merchant would never get access to your I true. I love it. So um, I don't have the URL right in front of me, so I could just I'll email that it. to you later. I'll find it. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, the URL okay. for the security key is very straightforward. It's paypal.com slash security key. Mm-hmm. $5. You have to be a PayPal or eBay member. I guess, is it eBay.com slash security key as well? Um, I believe so. You can link there from either the eBay or PayPal site. So if you go to either one. Yeah. And then, then they'll redirect you to the order page. Right. So you have to order it. Um, it, it does, and in you fact, can order it. eBay.com slash security key does work. Yeah. So I have an existing eBay account. I could probably now just link it up to my key, right? Yeah, you just have to activate. That's like if you already have the same key, you just would activate it on your eBay account. Excellent. Excellent. Very cool. Now, if I could just get Bank of America to uh, enter the 20th century. I don't even care about the 21st. Just the 20th century would be a nice start. Uh, then everybody will be happy. Are they a VIP member? Do you know? Uh, to my knowledge, no. Yeah, of course not. Whatever bank is, that's where I'm going. If there's a <laughs> well, bank uh, that's doing yes, this, uh, I would go there now. I would change all my accounts, all the money that I sell, go through Bank of America. I will go to this new bank. I don't care who you are. Just, just use this key. That's all I ask. I mean, especially with all of the pressure there is yes. now to push people out of the offices and get them to do this yes. stuff online. I mean, online banking it needs to be made secure. I think you know if this acquires critical mass it'll end up being as you said leo it'll be something people choose because that's you know because you know they'll they'll choose their lending institution based on the, would, uh, the level of internet security would, that they yep. provide and if they start using my cell phone i'll move there so there yep, yep. <laughs> hey michael thanks so much for your time we really appreciate it no problem and glad i can was, help that was michael vergara who is in charge of uh, uh customer security at uh, paypal and doing a great job and i don't i don't know i i, I feel like i was uh, maybe over effusive about the whole thing but i just I no just... Leo, i don't think so i think this i think the fact that it's that it's paypal that is doing this it's not some random obscure website that's trying to get yeah. people you know to sign up i mean these guys have a, a strong adoption rate obviously we know from all the excitement that our that our listeners demonstrated at you know when i just when i stumbled over the security key that you know there's a there's a strong interest there and the idea that this is going to be a federated technology that that i mean i'm i'm now for a future podcast i'm going to bring myself up to speed on what this whole vip program is and find out what it takes to you know like how expensive it is for example to use it the good news is if verisign is is as i'm sure i read i remember reading and mentioning even here on the podcast before if they are um friendly to open id then they would be able to use uh, to be an open id authenticator and i'm hoping that means that all of this would be available for free Boy, to, be... to you know to a smaller website you don't have to be a big you know a paypal or an ebay or or some big mucky muck and then you'd be able to use the $5 dongle that'd be super cool super yeah. cool and i want to also mention that cuz cuz we did talk a little bit about the virtual debit card yeah Just, you know but while we were talking i tried to download it and i can't i don't know why i'm on windows I click the button. It keeps sending me to some other page. So, 
It's maybe okay. not as, as straightforward as it ought to be, I, but it is an application Windows only. I did find that out. Okay, and it is in beta. It's another one of these things where we're jumping onto it at the beginning. I want to make sure that that our listeners understand what this is. You know, you obviously you know caught it instantly, Leo. The idea being that, and, and as, as you said, other credit card services have made this available in the past. The idea is this gives you a one-time use sort of virtual credit card number to use at any site, uh, as Michael mentioned, that isn't supporting PayPal. You're able to ask PayPal for a one-time credit card um, number, which you give the site. The site then uses, essentially uses right then on the fly, PayPal to transfer the funds, but they never get your your real credit card number, which is you know back tied to your PayPal account. So again, PayPal is insulating you so that you're not having to provide you know your your sensitive financial information. It's just it's tremendous. And even if somebody steals it or gets it, it's only good once. So it's the, it's, it's bogus from then on. They right. can't do anything with it, which is great. Um, yeah, I wish I could use it. it, you, it by the way, you, apparently you don't need a PayPal credit card or debit card to use this. It, it acts as if you have one, but you don't need one. And I don't know if I've just tried it once on this XP system. Maybe there's something going on with it or whatever. But uh, I'm going to keep trying because I'd love to. I'd love to get this uh, set up and 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 use it. Because frankly, I use PayPal for everything. I really like well. PayPal. And again, for our listeners, if you put in PayPal virtual debit card into Google, yeah. up come a whole bunch of links, and, and you can na- navigate around and yeah, find it. Yeah. Uh, we want to thank the folks at Nerds on Site for the support that they provide for this podcast. Boy, we sure couldn't do it without them, and we're really glad that they are, for so long now, been a part of uh, uh, Security Now. They know that Security Now listeners are nerds. Okay, let's face it. And <laughs> If you're in the business of supporting people, whether it's in security, fix it, uh, website design, if you're a programmer, a project manager, even if you're in uh, technology sales, a trainer, uh, if you're a PC or Mac user, Cisco or a fixer, Cisco or Oracle, if you're the kind of person who works in this business and wants some support, you're still independent, you're still doing your own thing, but they let you focus on your passion, not the burdens of running a business. You're going to want to know more about Nerds on Site. All over the world, in Canada, the U.S., Mexico, England, Australia, South Africa, Bolivia. Uh, they also have a University of Nerdology with over 250 competencies you can use to tune up your skills Find out more about running your business using Nerds on Site. Just makes it so much easier if you're in the if you're an IT pro. And if you want to be an IT pro, another great way to kind of start a business. Go to Iwanttobeanerd.com. You'll find out about a nerds only meeting in your area. They do it online. It makes it very easy for you, no matter where you are, to get involved. I want to be a nerd.com. And look for those red uh, nerds on site V dubs going all over the place. They're so cool. They're so <laughs> you really cool. like those. Leo. I love them. Uh, they're really, and you know, they're nerds in there, by the way. If you need, if you have, you know, if you see one and you have trouble with your technologies, flag them down because those guys know what they're doing and gals know what they're doing. I want to be a nerd.com. Steve, we've wrapped up another thrilling, gripping edition of Security Now. Next yep. week, uh, we're going to do uh, our Mod 4 episode, I think. Our yeah. Mod 4, and we now know that the correct formula, as you mentioned, you reminded me again, is episode Mod 4 equals zero. <laughs> so we can, we can actually have Q&As. Otherwise, we would have never been able to have another one. You are a and, nerd. You are a nerd. <laughs> and it's, it's going to be our episode, our big episode 104, which is our two-year mark. So Excellent. That's very cool. I'm very pleased. 
And then somebody's going to say, wait a minute, you really don't have two years. You're not into your, you oh. haven't finished, your, you know, until 105. That's it's like, true. Oh, okay, That's fine. True. Yeah, I know. That's true. I know. We have, we have very attentive listeners, Leo. All right, Steve, that wraps it up. Uh, we thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time on Security Now. Security Now.